Joining me now is Simon Jimson. He is part of a number of people who had personal connections with the Queen. And throughout the morning, uh, we will be speaking to people who had a relationship with the Queen as were either working for her, working with her as a friend. Simon Jimson was part of the household of Queen Elizabeth II with positions as the Chief of Staff and later as Political Director at the Commonwealth Secretariat. Simon's in Geneva this evening. I spoke to him earlier and I started by asking him how he came to be in the Queen's household. There'd, there'd been a, a New Zealander, followed by a Canadian, followed by an Australian um, since the start of the Queen's reign, rotating through every three years, four, three years, as a as an assistant press secretary, and um, and I was working for Don McKinnon as his press secretary back in the mid 1990s or early to mid 1990s, and um, and it it came up New Zealand's turn as it were, and uh, and I was asked to um, to come across to London and meet the Queen, and all those sorts of things happened, and I said, well look, you know, can I be a bit cheeky about this? But rather than being a press secretary, I'd be very interested in being a private secretary and so that's what happened so it was a different role to what had gone before and it was the last one in fact of those um, um after that the canadians and the australians um, didn't didn't put forward people and the times had changed um so it was the it was the end of an era um but it was also the end of an era in the sense that we'd moved on from um press secretaries to to, to a private secretary and uh, and life changed uh, but um but it was a it was a huge honor a great great honor and privilege at the time but um yeah times times moved on after that what does a private secretary do they're a they're a bridge i think that's the easiest way to describe it they're a bridge um between in helping in helping the queen balance um, her personal life, her family life, her public life, uh, her state responsibilities. Um, you're you're at the top of Mount Everest, and you've got this panoramic view of of all that's happening in the Commonwealth. At that time, uh, she had 16 realms, including being Queen of New Zealand, and you've got to bring all of those things together in a balanced way because. This is a person who, you know, since her since her earliest days, had committed to serving for as long and or as short as her life was. But for seventy years, she was working twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five mm-hmm. days of the year. But um, you've got to find some balance in that, and that's what private secretaries do. You were there during some pretty tumultuous times too, weren't you? It it uh, it was tumultuous. Um, I arrived there in 1993, just coming after the uh, Annus Horribilis, where three of her four children were going through the final or the starting or the final stages of divorce. Um, The uh, Windsor Castle had burned Mm -hmm. down in large part. So, yes, it was a very bad year. Um, There were lots of demands about the change and reducing the numbers of the members of the royal family and the Queen paying taxes, which she'd already decided to do anyway. Those sorts of things were going on. But it was also pretty significant from a New Zealand point of view, um, being being able to accompany her, well, to organise the visits and then to accompany her to, to New Zealand on an Air New Zealand aircraft 
um, was very special. And in 1995, that's when she signed into legislation the um, the, the Tainui settlement um, under the Waitangi claims. Um, this was the first time that um, that the Crown had apologised. Uh, this had huge global consequences. We've we've seen since um, apologies in Canada, apologies in Australia, but it was the Queen of New Zealand in New Zealand who did it first. Um, it was the first time that we saw the uh, the head of the head of state um, signing legislation in the public eye. There were there were various things that were very much significant from a New Zealand perspective and. Uh, you know, whether you go all the way back to um, to when she was there in New Zealand in, in 1953, mm. when she was just being crowned. You know, with the with Tangiwai disaster. Mm. I mean, she she's been part of New Zealand's tapestry for 70 years in a, in a very profound way. What is what do you believe is her most um, extraordinary trait? Her capacity for hard work. Her ability to adapt with so many changes that she saw over her lifetime? I, I would, um, I, I've, I've always summed it up in one word, uh, selflessness. Um, it, this extraordinary person always put everyone else before herself. It's an irony when you think about, you know, what you visualize as a king or a queen might be in terms of it all being focused on that one person. But actually for her, it was always about, you know, if you like, hey tangata, hey tangata, hey tangata. Yeah. It was always about the people. It was always about other people. So selflessness for me was what amazed me, impressed me, inspired me in working for her. And then I think, you know, the other thing that always I found impressive was she she always brought light into her room. Her, her laughter. She she always found the funny side. Um, you can imagine that you you spend your life with people saying, "Gosh, this person seems a bit grim. They never smile in front of the cameras." Well, you you can't smile every day all the time. But in fact, when you met her, when you spent time with her personally, you were always struck by by how much laughter and good humour there was, and that was that was very uplifting too. So many people have remarked on that, that what a great sense of humour she had, how much enjoyment she got out of a good laugh. And that's, that's exactly it. And, and I think that, um, you know, I, uh, I, I can imagine that for any of us who have a job like that, who are working selflessly every single minute and every day of your working life and then some, that you've got to find ways to, to cope with that, to deal with that. And you do that by um, by trusting those around you, by relying on those around you, um, and and through your own ability to um, to, to see the, the, the warmth and goodness in humanity and, and to be able to, to smile and laugh with us. Uh, I, I think any of us would, would find that's the that's the best way to cope mm. and to, to do one's job best. Is that what her husband gave her too the ability to relax turn off and laugh absolutely i mean i think i think that's why uh, we we often heard her dis- describing him or him being described as her rock and i think a lot of of prince philip um and a lot of what um she lost when he when he sadly died was was the humor that he brought and the ability for them to be able to laugh together i mean mm. 
I was very, very privileged to have those moments where I saw them together um, and to see them um, on holiday when when they had these moments to be together and to share that humor and to share those 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 moments that um, that that are outside the gaze of the, the public glare and to see how how important humor um, and and friendship and and love and affection were. And where now do you think? Is it too soon to say? Is it is it too soon to know what sort of qualities King Charles will will bring to the monarchy? I think we've already seen um, in the former Prince of Wales and now King Charles III, we've seen a man who's got extraordinary talents and reservoirs of, of intellect and goodwill. And, uh, and I think that, like his mother, he'll be inspired to, to serve now, then you look at it, the other side of the coin is, well, what will the realms, the, the 15 realms, including New Zealand, want from their king? Um, and uh, that's something which is going to take some time. And the, the, the way in which this all pans out now is that um, there will be a period between um, what's called the demise of the crown, um, the death of the queen, and uh, and the coronation of the king, and this is a time where there'll be a lot of a lot of consideration of those sorts of things by uh, governments, by peoples worldwide, in terms of you know where do we want our future constitutional relationships to be. But th- that's for the future. Today, um, and in the weeks and months ahead, it's a moment of of celebration of an extraordinary woman and an extraordinary life and the service she's given us. And those are the sorts of things that we can uh, we can come to. There is no rush. Simon, what a beautiful, thoughtful, generous, lovely, insightful um, recollection. Um, thank you so much. Well, you're most welcome. I, I, I'm I'm very privileged as a New Zealander to have served um, the Queen of New Zealand. And it's a profoundly emotional day for for all of us. We all feel in one way or another that we've lost a member of the family. And for some of us who are closer to this particular family member, it's a, it's a more emotional moment than for many others. But yes, it is. It's a, it's a difficult time for us, those of us who are close to her. Um, but um, but we all we all take from it. I think, the sense of, of celebration and appreciation of a remarkable person. And that was Simon Jimson. He was part of the household of Queen Elizabeth II with positions as the Chief of Staff, later as Political Director of the Commonwealth Secretariat. It's a morning of recollections and remembrances. Queen Elizabeth II, who died at the age of 96. News Talk said...